BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, just a few things to note before you get started. The first is that our episode was cut off in the beginning because I thought I was recording at Caroline's, but I actually wasn't. Um, And I didn't want to make a big deal and stress everyone and myself out. So it starts like mid-episode. What you need to know that Alex told you that I didn't record is that she's amazing. She's from Long Island and she started this incredible, incredible company. Alex has made 30 under 30. She's an amazing co-founder, an amazing entrepreneur, um, and she is awesome. So I'm so excited to bring you Alex today. And um, welcome back to We Met at Acme. Anyway, so that's pretty much all you need to know about Alex's episode. And if you have any additional questions about the things that we accidentally cut, about the things that we accidentally cut out, you let me know and I will answer them. Um, And then the second thing I needed to tell you about is Lola. This product is literally amazing. They sent me a box of tampons and panty liners like two weeks ago. Sorry, guys, if you're listening. Um, And the tampons were so easy to use. They're like the same as Tampax Pearl, but they're actually good for you and organic and they don't have all those like horrible toxins. So, I mean, clearly you need them. And because you need them, um, we are doing you a huge favor and we were able to get 40% off your order if you go to mylola.com, M-Y-L-O-L-A.com, and you enter Acme to get started. Um, It's going to be awesome, and uh, you you will have the same amazing experience that I did. You get the tampons right away. Um, They also have sex products. They have lube. They have wipes for after sex. And so it's just like smart, you know, to have around. And from personal experience, Lola just like was there for me when I really needed Lola to be there for me. Um, And, you know, I just felt good about it. And I am so happy to be working with this company. So please support them. Please support me and go to mylola.com and enter Acme to get started. Get your condoms, personal lube. Cleansing wipes, tampons, panty liners. I mean, what more could you need? All right, time for the live pod. Mm. So, um, therapy is probably not the move for me. Yeah. I ended up working at like a startup and feeling really empowered to start my own company. Um, my parents were much more encouraging of me, like starting my own company yeah. than like 
me being a sex, they were so happy when they were like, I'm going to sell vibrators instead of being a sex therapist. Like, <laughs> capitalists in them were just like thrilled. Amazing. They just didn't care, you know, they were just so happy. Um, I'm Jewish. I feel like that now. That like somehow became apparent. No, <laughs> yeah. That's important. Yeah. Um, anyway, so. I worked at a shampoo, a small company, yeah. and then I made a little book where I just wrote down all the ideas I had of companies I could start. Uh, almost all of them were like dating apps or sex toy ideas. Yeah. And then one day I was like, all right, I'm gonna stop just getting high and writing these ideas down. Right. Now I'm gonna like get high and like do something. Yeah. And I got high and went to the art supply store and like took apart other vibrators. And one of my ideas was to make a control vibrator that gave women. Um, control stimulation while they were having sex, or anybody with a vulva, you don't have to be a woman. Yeah. Um, because about 70 to 80% of women need control stimulation while they're having penetrative sex in order to have an orgasm. Right. Um, so how, how can we make products that allow for that type of stimulation in a way that doesn't make partners feel like they're being replaced? Right. Um, because I was definitely having you know, like we would play, but depending on the toys, some things just wouldn't work for us. And I was like, what if we like cut this other toy essentially in half? And I just, actually the first thing I did was took a half dollar coin and I wrapped it in cellophane and I put it in between my labia lips and it stayed in place. Oh. And I was like, look what I did. <laughs> yeah. it's like, Wait, so is that how it works? Like you just put it there? Actually, no. So after making a bunch of them, we realized that it needs to move with your body. Uh. So it, I brought them here to show you guys and then left them not here. So, but it, they have these bendable, Eva, which is one of our two products, yes, has these Eva. bendable wings that push out the labia. It's like a, like a Spider-Man in your own yeah. like that. Okay, and then it stays in place and you can wear it while you're um, being penetrated. So Amazing. it's a really, yeah, it's, we launched it crowdfunding, so we, um, did an Indiegogo? Is everybody familiar with Indiegogo? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so like we did pre-orders and we're the world's most crowdfunded sex toy of all time. Amazing. We raised, yeah, we raised $575,000. Incredible. I love that. Um, and my co-founder also went to MIT, which was like really serendipitous. So I, oh, well, I really jumped around in the time. Yeah, why is that serendipitous? Tell us. Did you go to MIT? No, no. Okay, so I, like had the idea, I was working on it, kind of like more with like my art minor, more than like that was just what I knew how to do. So I was making things by hand. I was having my friends come over and like take off their pants and try on these vibrators for me. And then I, made, I would make them do like plies, like bra naked plies. I have really good gal pals. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, ultimately I realized I couldn't be making them by hand. I wasn't making them consistent enough to learn what was working and what wasn't working. Um, so I was trying really hard to learn how to 3D print mm. and solder. And I like was learning and I was like so proud of what I was doing. Yeah. But it was taking me forever and I met my co-founder because she was also trying to start a sex toy company. She had kind of just taken apart other products and was just like, this is not, this isn't up to snuff. Like this is, they're not making these products as well as other consumer electronics are made. Yeah. So she wanted to start her own sex toy company without even knowing me. And then she, um, sorry, I thought I heard something. And um, people thought we were the same person. Like somebody met uh, met her at a meetup and was like, oh yeah, my roommate met you last week. And she was like, oh, mommy. Right. And then she found out who I was, reached out, and we went out to brunch and we got like business married on the first date. It was really clear that 
she had a complementary skill set and we were both really passionate and that is how Dame Products got started. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And now we're like a real company. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so what is your current relationship status because this is a dating podcast? Yeah, so I am engaged. Amazing! Congrats! It's very exciting. No, I don't. You're not wearing the ring. I didn't get a ring. Oh, let's talk about it. How come? How come you didn't get a ring? Um, Carrie Bradshaw situation on the necklace. Oh right, because she wears it on the necklace. Well, one, I do think. I'm sure when I wear a band, because I plan on wearing a band. Yeah. um, It's a thing. People like when I tell people I'm engaged, I immediately see their eyes go to my hand. It is like a, it's a status symbol, not just of like wealth sometimes, but also like your relationship status. And I didn't like the history of it. So these are my own personal opinions. The history of an engagement ring in general. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, it's the down payment. Because like- It's like a dowry? Yeah, sort of. It's also like, like a down payment because if you guys, if the, engagement is called off that has damaged your value more so that's why you can hold on to the ring and there's actually a lot of interesting laws that kind of went with this and in some ways it was really beneficial to women at the time because like that was that could that could be some financial support if that did happen to you and your honor was like you know taken away right they weren't really diamond rings until so, so do you have a ring at home or you just don't have one at all I don't have one at all. So when he proposed, he was like, or you propose, or was it a conversation? So he, it was definitely a, con- it was lots of conversations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, like never like, you know, like I'm chill, I'm cool, like I'm definitely not gonna be the girl that's like, so when are you gonna propose? And right. then like, I was that girl. Uh, yeah. Uh, How long were you guys dating before we've you? We've been dating for six and a half years. Oh, so wow. we've been dating. I think somebody else said that here. So. Yeah. Yeah. My friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, same as But which was, which, you know, I know because in the second that we got engaged, I was like, oh, I have noticed, I'm in no rush to get married. Right. Like all of a sudden, like, I think it was like the pressure from my mom, like the pressure yeah. from Well, actually, things. when we met, you told me something hilarious about, about your mom. mom. Do you remember what it was? It was about the registry. Yeah. T- you have to share. Okay. So, well, okay. Obviously, I don't like, I don't necessarily like, just because it's a tradition doesn't mean I think that we should engage in it. Like it's good to understand why we do the rituals that we do and then choose whether or not you want to do them on your own. Like right. I think that's a conscious way of living your life. So like I didn't get it. I got a sword by the way instead of a ring and we can talk more about it. A sword? That. Like a yeah, like a katana. Oh sword. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like a Game of Thrones thing? I don't know. Okay. I, I mean We'll I, revisit. We'll revisit. We'll revisit. <laughs> anyway, my mom was really, really, um, well, she was really excited that I got engaged and really happy, and she, like, loves my, my fiancé. Oh, you want me to do this more? Yeah. Like this? Yeah. So, and, um, about, like, a month, like, six weeks later, she was like, Alex, you haven't done your registry yet. And we're like, you know what? We really don't want anything yet. Like, it's fine. We're just not going to do one. And she was like, Alex, you don't understand. Like, everybody at the country club, it's really rude that you haven't done a registry yet. And I was like, no, it's not rude. She's like, it's rude. Like, you are so, my mom said I was, she called me spoiled. Spoiled She said I was spoiled and selfish because I didn't want to make a registry. That's a Jewish mom for you right there. She really, yeah, like that was like her version of normal. Like that, you know, and she was really, it was an interesting conversation because I was like, no mom, 
I, I, I'm positive that is not that is not normal. A lot of people don't do engagement presents, yeah. and like that's our small weird culture. Right. And eventually, I just was like, you know what? You can make the registry, and she just made it. <laughs> of course, I'm sure it was her her best day ever to do. Yeah. Um, but so, how did you guys meet, you and your fiance? We went to the same college, oh. um, but we were both dating other people. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I dated somebody throughout all of college. So I dated somebody for about four and a half years throughout yeah, the college. So you had an almost person before you had him. We've had lots of almost people. Well, do you think that everyone has an almost person? Like, like the person you date before the engagement. I mean, I think oh, you're saying, for, does everybody have a per, one person and then therefore an almost person? I don't know. I think that yeah. you can make things work with a probably more of a variety of people than people originally think that they can. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that. So I think, well, I guess that depends on who you are. For me, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess he could have been an almost person. He's definitely, mm -hmm. he's a great guy. Yeah. So on the podcast, we love to talk about zodiac signs. Because it's science. So you have to share your sign. <laughs> My What's sun sign's a Pisces. Yeah. My moon is a Leo. Yes. <laughs> and your rising? Is a, is a Libra. Yes, it is. Um, that's amazing. That means that although your sun sign is like dreamy and stuff, <laughs> you still have like a relationship aspect and like a confidence aspect. Totally. Which is really cool. Because that's where the stars were when I was born. Yeah, it was. Um, so actually, just so everyone knows, Alex doesn't believe in Zodiacs. I don't know. I mean, first of all, I obviously know a lot. Like, I love astrology. Like, that's... Do I, like, believe in it? <laughs> she will. I mean, it's science, right? She'll believe in it. Totally, eventually. totally. So, let's talk about back when you were dating, before uh -huh. you were engaged, before you met this this guy. If yeah. you were dating at all, like in college. So I, w I was dating somebody else in college. Right. So and were you? When were you single? I was single for like a year and a half. Well, I was single in between things, and sometimes in summers. And okay. sometimes I wasn't the be best girlfriends too. Oh, um, that was challenging. Some challenging for me. When I was yeah. Um, and then, oh, and then I was single, single for like a year and a half in New York City at 22, and I did it. That's <laughs> I love that. Um, so when you were single, you went on dates. I'm assuming. Yes. So what were some like deal breakers for you when you were dating that you were just like, no, no, no. I can't believe he made me split the bill or I would be more offended if somebody tried to just like not let me pay for the bill. Oh. I like to, you know, I like, I like splitting the bill or I'll pay some time and you can pay another time kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, I might have some like stronger deal breakers now than I did then. I okay. didn't have what they call standards. <laughs> <laughs> I like, again, like, I really did it. Um, like, I wanted to be a sex therapist, yeah. so I'm like always talking about like sexual liberation, liberation, but like mostly I was just in a relationship and right. then I was like single in New York City. Um, right. So that was fun. Um, yeah. yeah. So what was your texting etiquette like? Like, did you care if you texted a guy first or like, 
if you got a guy's number at a club, would you wait for him to text you or? So I tried really hard not to like engage in the game. Mm. Um, I think it's challenging because it's so true. Like people want what they can't have, you know? So it's like you don't want to play the game and then like if I find if like, oh, if I was just like really busy that week and like right. didn't reach out, like all of a sudden that person maybe did seem more interested in them talking to me. like. So in some ways, it's like, all right, if that's a reality, it's good to acknowledge that that's how it works and to make sure you're giving people space. Because I also think that that's just what it is. is people need space to kind of figure out their yeah. emotions, maybe. But I don't know. I, I have a really bad memory. Yeah. <laughs> Remember we were talking about that other thing before. What other thing? The, the, the weed. Oh, yeah. So, My parents are here. But, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, so for me, uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember, but I want to say, like, now, like, yeah. kindness and compassion in a partner is really, really, really important. It's something yeah. I really look for. Yeah. And I feel like I definitely dated guys who were, like, not particularly compassionate or right. kind. And I don't know why. Like, that wasn't worth it. Yeah, it's, it's actually funny that you say that because... You, have you heard of Touchpoint? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jared came on my show, mm-hmm. and he said to me, like, f- when you're looking for a partner, you want to look for someone that you want to be like. Mm-hmm. And based on what you just said, it sounded like you don't want to be like any of your exes, you know? No, I mean, I learned a lot from a lot of my exes. They were right. really great. Um, I actually think it's good to be the person that you want to love like yourself, mm. like who, like, I think that, I don't know, like my partners, or my partner now is somebody I learn a lot from, he's yeah. really different than me, he's way more introvert, he's a little bit more introverted, Yeah. and. So what's your partner's sign, because you're a Pisces? <laughs> he's a Libra. Ah. Yeah. Shout out to the Libras in the he's audience. Very indecisive. It takes forever to make a decision. Relax. <laughs> um, no, but that's that's awesome. And something that we had actually talked about briefly, which I feel like the audience will just not even like believe me because it's so progressive, is that you and your fiance have an open relationship when you travel. Yeah. So when we some some of the rules that we have, even though we kind of rediscuss them mm-hmm. whenever we are going to be apart, but if he's on a business trip or if I'm out of town, we usually will give each other the space to have, we used to just do, usually it's just DFMOs, you know, like dance for makeouts. Yeah. But when are you on the dance floor on a business trip? (laughs) All the time. (laughs) Do you remember my business? Yeah, no, your business is cool, but what is his? Oh no, he's in he's in finance. Oh, okay. So, but like, <laughs> so like at the strip club. At the strip club. Him. I don't know. Dance floor for you. Whatever it is. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, honestly, we talk about it so much more than it's actually happened. I would right. think is a like. Really do you think that you thing. like the idea of it more than actually doing it? Yeah, I think feeling like I can have that freedom. Like I mentioned, like sometimes I think, you know, relationships can feel like if the boundaries are more, can feel really trapping. And then right. sometimes, like, being able, I'm also, um, one of the comedians was talking about, like, losing your single self. Like, single right. Alex is so much more fun. Right. Like, I, I, when I was single, like, I, my energy, my interest in connecting with people, like, it was, like, I, I kind of have a slightly different energy. Also because 
I'm really, really friendly, mm -hmm. um, and I find that that does get confused as flirtation yeah. often. Mm -hmm. um, and when I'm not as worried about it, I, I feel like I can be a little bit more of myself. Yeah. But almost, I've actually never hooked up with, I've never done anything in our open relationships. Do you I mostly know? like, yeah. Every time I, I kind of come back and I just really feel a lot of like love and respect for my partner. Do you think it's the same with him? Uh, yeah, I think he definitely enjoys getting to make out with other people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think so do you have like, like boundaries? Like are you like, no, you can't, you like, you can do X, Y, and Z, but you can't make out yeah. with like my friend We definitely who you're, talk like, about things with. and then the other thing is, is like you don't, you can't guess all the boundaries before things happen, so sometimes like, you know, if you're not sure, then don't do it, right. kind of stuff. Um, right. But there's, there are so many ways to define boundaries in a relationship. I right. think that we've always lived with these one specific set of rules of how, what a relationship is supposed to look like. And, you know, for us, we're just, give each other the space to kind of question those, again, those traditions yeah. and pick what works for us and, you know, explain it. like. I've always been, he, he was not into it at first at all. Right. And I do think though that as, in some ways, as we've gotten more and more committed to each other, it's been a little bit easier right. to like trust and like experiment and play. I love that. So speaking of like relationships not being traditional, would you, like what if a guy told you that he loved you, right? But didn't want to make you his girlfriend. Would that be something that mattered to you? Like all of his actions were showing and backing up what he. Had I think said. it would depend on where I was in my life. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I guess. Like I. Definitely, I really like having a committed partner. Um, so I would be looking. So if I were single, right? Like this is not like a a, a second partner on top right. of the partner I already have. <laughs> um, then. Yeah, I think like I would I would know that that I wanted something that looked like a boyfriend girlfriend situation. Right. Or that like, I would want some type of label or acknowledging. Yeah. Like main squeezeness. Um, so yeah, I think that would be really great. You know, yeah. I would love his love and maybe love him back, but ultimately not want to be in that relationship. Yeah. Going back to your fiance, so how often do you guys communicate? All the time. A lot. I mean, I'm an over-communicator. So you're texting with him all day, like while he's at work, while you're at work? So we, we, you know, obviously we hang out in the mornings and we have our mornings together. And then maybe a few texts during the day, maybe like a lunchtime call. Right. Maybe. There's definitely days where we forget to talk to each other, too. Yeah. You know, like that happens. But you come home to each other. But we come home. Mm -hmm. I actually think that that, you know, for a lot of our relationships, we... We've been pretty much living together, or I slept over a lot at first, and I've always found it so much easier to communicate. Like if I, like I don't need the check-ins. If like you know, if our if our end of days and beginning of days is going to be spent together, right. that can give me a real like sense of grounding that I think sometimes is hard when you're first starting out in a relationship. Yeah. So speaking of being in a relationship for a long time. Would you rather be in like a, 
kind of like a non-fighting, like a great relationship with no fights, but you have sex only once a month. Okay. Or sex once, or sorry, or sex all the time and fighting all the time. You know there are more options than that, like in life. So like, <laughs> these, these are the two options Those are and you must choose. I can't decide if I'm young. Like, I feel like that's how I answer. Like, a part of me wants to be like sex and fighting, like that passion, that energy, that like, yeah. like that's a, that's like a lot of tantra, right? Like that's a lot of energy, and right. that sounds like I'd be, I would feel really engaged with life. Right. But ultimately, that also just sounds like exhausting. Yeah. And like, if we're fighting all the time, like that, that I don't know. Yeah, like how ha how happy can you be? Yeah, and I'm really good at masturbating, so it's like if, if we are like elaborate on that. What do you mean by really good? Like, what's bad? <laughs> like, so you're bad at masturbating. Yeah, like how are you bad at it? If you're bad, I don't know. <laughs> right, like it's like whatever's working for you. I would say that if you're. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like being bad at masturbating would either be like not finding time to do it. Right. Or not using it to like really kind of connect with your body. Like right. oh, sometimes I just need a quickie though. Sometimes I'm just like yeah. I'm just trying to go to sleep. Like like I I just need to like I just wanna have an orgasm and that's right. fine. But if I only do that, then I don't feel like I get like the full benefits of the experience. Like it's right. not as meditative. <laughs> What, well, on that note, what's your favorite Dame product that like you use the most? It would be Eva, the one we talked about. Finn's great. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I probably use Finn, which is our finger vibrator. It's really small and easy What is a finger vibrator? So it's a vibrator that you okay, can Okay, like this is fingers. a vagina. Do a demonstration. No, because it's not about the oh. vulva. It's about your fingers. Oh. So it's a vibrator you put on your hand, so then whatever you would touch, you can, your fingertips become vibrating. Oh, sort of. like it's like a, it's like there a are some that are like finger. that, but the way ours works is it kind of it goes in between your two fingers. Oh, and then there's a motor here, and then you can kind of touch people like this. It's really it's you don't have to grip, which can be really challenging sometimes. Right. It's a much more you know natural way mm -hmm. of experiencing touch and sensation. Yeah, and I use that one more because it's so easy for me to just grab and use, mm -hmm. and it's more fun for masturbation. But then. Sounds amazing. Yeah. But then Eva for partner sex is Yeah. Awesome. Well, okay. So let's say you're back in the dating world. I'm back in the dating world. Did you ever have like a limit or like how this is how many dates I'll go on with this person and then we'll have sex? Or was it like, let me just feel it out and take it from there? It was that. Yeah. I mean, mostly in my experience, if I didn't have sex with somebody on the first night, like that relationship wasn't going anywhere. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, beyond I, impressed. Why? For me, if I I wanted that 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 connection, like right. that something that felt like I, which is maybe was maybe a little naive to feel that to want to have that connection so quickly, mm -hmm. but like that's what like you imagine or is like the most romantic telling of falling in love is like seeing somebody from across the room and feeling each other's energies right. and like creating energy together really quickly, right? Like sparks and stuff. Right. So, you know, when I felt that, like why wouldn't I? Yeah. For me, like that's how I, you know. That's a good I point. I was gonna have sex. Well, what do you think is more intimate? Like going down on someone essentially or having sex with them? 
We you have, know, I think yeah. growing up, I would have, I think I would have thought it was actually having sex or something that like is really easy to romanticize about that. And I feel like oral sex, we don't romanticize. We never call that making love. Right. Like that's, so it doesn't feel as like beautiful and connected. But the truth is like. You're like in it, you know, like you're like, <laughs> yeah. So like in that way, it's like way more intimate. Right. Like the smells are more smelly. Yeah. Um, For sure. You know, I also, so I think in that way, that was, that's probably more intimate. Yeah, I agree with you. I, we actually had a few girls reach out via DM and say that they didn't, like they weren't comfortable letting like someone go down on them well, or yeah. like. So they would rather go down on like a guy or someone else because it's just like not as intimate in their minds. So for a lot of people, receiving pleasure is so much harder than giving pleasure. Right. Like to receive pleasure, you need to like be let go and be vulnerable. Right. And like when you're giving pleasure, you can feel a lot more in control. Right. So I think that that, that can be really challenging for people. Also, like I think there, you know, it, it's hard. You know, I'm definitely. And I get now I get caught doing this all the time. Like when I can tell things are going down, like I'll touch myself and smell and like see what's up. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you know, so like I definitely feel like I'm trying to be con- you know, if I was working out yeah. or something, like, you know, it, 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 it is different and I have now also have licked some vagina vulvas in my time. Oh and let's 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 so you rewind. know, like, different people taste different, and that is definitely a part of the experience. Well, so I actually I was at this thing called Touch Point last night, which Good. is like a sex town hall discussion with strangers, <laughs> and every don't worry about it. And every woman that spoke was talking. It was a, it was about oral sex, and every woman that spoke had given oral sex to both sexes, and I felt like the odd one out. For the first time, I was like, wait, I haven't like gone down on a woman, I'm a freak. Um, so yeah. let's hear about the normalcy of doing that. Oh, to be freaks. Yeah. Wait, so when, was that um, after you met your fiance, or before, during? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Tell us. Oh, with, before, um, I don't know, I just, I just, I, I feel like there have been many privileges that I have gotten in my life, and one of, you know, part of being a woman that was a privilege was feeling really, like, exploratory in my sexuality, if anything, almost encouraged to, like, kiss girls and explore that. Right. Um, are you saying that men are not encouraged to do that? Oh, yeah. I think it's, I think that for a lot of guys, I think it's changing. Yeah. But just like dipping your toe. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because did you ever see Insecure, the show with Issa Rae? Mm -hmm. You know the episode, um, uh, Molly, her friend, is hooking up with a guy and he tells her, like I don't know why it comes up, but he tells her that he slept with a man Mm -hmm. and she can't get past it. Yeah, I I think, sure, I mean, I, I think, that is a real experience that a lot of people have. I definitely remember the first time I dated a guy, or seeing, you know, we weren't serious, um, and I watched him make out with another guy, like in a bar, and I was like, this is a new experience. (laughs) Where are my boundaries? How do I feel about it? And I remember, you know, definitely feeling like he was, like I 
it didn't seem as masculine to him for him, and I wasn't sure about how I was feeling attracted to like masculinity and femininity, or I'm still exploring that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, ultimately, like I don't know. You know what really brought me around was um, that show Sense Eight. Have you guys seen that show? No. What's Sense8? Sense8 is a great show on Netflix. Tell us. I don't know, but it's got some really hot guy-on-guy scenes that I... That encouraged you to be girl-on-girl? No, that encouraged me to like be more... Be open like, more, to more guys to who do guy-on-guy. But, but back to your girl-on-girl thing. Back to the girl-on-girl. Um, who was this woman, this lucky woman, and like... Do you have a relationship with her still? Was she There's the a few only women. one? One of them is my bestest friend in the whole entire world who also happened to have kind of dated my fiance for in college back in the day. Oh, sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. <laughs> we like to say, you know, Lana, she's the filter. She's a great filter, you know. She's a filter. She She's also a really um, amazing and beautiful and just outgoing person and, and in college, um, I'm, I'm still friends with a lot of my college friends. That's where I really made a lot of my deepest connections. And, and um, she also, like my other friend who's married, the first time we met him, like mm-hmm. the group met him, like Alana kissed him. So oh. sometimes Alana, like she, she, she knows the keepers. Right. So she kind of discovers them for us and then, you know, we take them. Right. Sometimes. Anyway, so I have one friend um, who, you know, we actually, like, I've had experiences with her. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Burning Man, right? Like, you know. Amazing. And then, you know, all as, the time. As so, one does. As one does. Um, and, like, we giggled the whole time through it. I had, there was a, a girl I met in Thailand who was my only one-on-one girl experience. Okay. Um, Were you in Thailand alone? Like, give us some context. I'm We're, like, dying for it. <laughs> I was backpacking in Thailand for a few months with one, with one of my guy friends, and we were visiting that girl who was teaching English mm-hmm. there with another friend. Um, and we went out to a, a club one time with a few expats, mm-hmm. and I met this girl there who was beautiful and amazing and a lesbian, and I went home with her, and I learned how much I was defining the end of sex based on the male experience. What do you mean? Like, when nobody jizzes, it's hard to decide when it's over. So, when is it over? It's over whenever you guys decide you are done. You know? Like, because yeah. it was like a nice back and forth in a way where, like, I would come and then kind of pleasure her and during that time have my refractory period and kind of build up arousal again and then right. we kind of go back and forth. And I was like, this is exhausting. And, right. But, you know, like, we definitely define sex as being finished. Right. It's being completed based on, like, one sex's right. experience. Well, actually, that's a, that brings up a good question. It's not even on this list. Like, do you think it's still sex if no one, like, has an orgasm? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, I don't think sex is the... I like, really like Esther Perel. So like sex is Same. Like, yeah. Sex isn't a if thing we do. Know, yeah. You know, sex is a place you go. Yeah. And sex is something that you can start and stop however you want. Um, and I think that like when you engage in sexual activity, I, I, to me, like all of that is sex. Like I think it's so, like when we were talking about the intimacy question, like I, can, why, I cannot believe 
that we all do third base before we do a home run. Like right. kind of meet like blowjobs are much more technical, you know? Right. Like I, mean, that I can't breathe during it. So yeah. I feel like it's like a It commitment. just seems like it's more of an advanced move. Yeah. In some ways. Right. Uh, it's funny, someone said at this touch point, like, I can't pretend it was my quote, but someone was like, the, they were like, blowjobs are so much more intimate than, like, going down on a woman, because, like, the woman's stuff is, like, within, mm -hmm. and the guy's stuff is, like, out there in the world, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, who knows what it's been near? Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, who knows what it's braised, like, past? Do you know something that I really learned, too, is, what? like, when guys pee? They're not great at like like we wipe a toilet. Oh paper. no no, they're they like, like woo. they like they, <laughs> and then they, and then they get a little bit in their boxers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they, and like I was like Perry, like that's my fiance's name. Yeah. Like, really, they have a little pee in your boxers all the time, and he's right. like. And then all my guy friends were like, that's a normal amount. Like, we had a whole conversation about it. Like, all these guys were like, no, that's how you do it. And I was like, oh. What? I don't, what's how you do it? You not do, you don't do anything? They do that. One of my guy friends has a system where he thinks that if you, like, push in on the urethra, like, that gets, like, the remainder. No, that wasn't the urethra. Maybe it was, like, in his perineum, like, underneath his balls or something. I don't get, know like, these words, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's like the, the twat. Right, right. That word? You know that word? I do. Well, there's yeah. like that area. Right, right, right. Um, your root chakra, sort of, you know. Right. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there's like pee in there and stuff. Which, yeah, you know, it's kind of gross, yeah. Sex is kind of gross. I, for so yeah. long, when I started like wanting to talk about like making sex even more of my, like a major part of my identity right. and career, I remember feeling like, you know, this isn't gross, this is my body, this is natural. Right. No, 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 What I really come to learn is like, this is my body, it is gross, and it is natural. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, and that's okay too. Yeah. Like, and that can be fun, you know? Totally. But, totally, I love that. Um, so, you're getting married. Getting When's married. your wedding date? 8, 8, 18, 18. Oh my God. Yeah. Yay. It's Love really that. Exciting. You know, eight is a power number, just so you know. Mm -hmm. So, do you think that there's like a magical number of people that you need to have slept with no. before you get married? Absolutely not. Like, what if you slept with two people? I think that would be very unlike me. No, not, <laughs> not you. But I think for some people, I have a friend yeah. who lost virginity to a guy she ended up marrying. Okay. It's beautiful. Like, Same, you know, actually. everybody's, yeah. you know, everybody's journey is their own journey. And if that, and like, I think one, I think you can definitely fall in love at first sight, but like, like love that you build on. Right. That like you continue to grow with somebody that kind of does take time. Mm -hmm. And if you can have that with somebody and continue to grow with them in a way that you feel like you're truly getting to grow and they're getting to grow and you met at 17, that's... That's amazing too. Right. You know, everybody, everybody has their own path, and right. Do you think there needs to be like a number of relationships that you should be in before you get married, or that's similar? It is similar. I do think that like just getting more, the more you can be exposed to different types of relationships or seeing different role models, that's beneficial. And I do think, you know, I. Depends on him. You'll definitely learn. Like the more time you spend in a relationship, the more you'll learn about being in a relationship and how to work through your problems with within that relationship. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know. It's not a yeah, totally. So, do you think that it's okay to chase a man if you think that you're meant to be? I don't think you should stalk people. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. No, here, like, so. like, no. like pursue. I do pursue. think you should pursue. Yeah. I think going after the things you want in life is how you get them. Mm -hmm. Like, if you know what you want and you can articulate it, and then you can wake up and like try to pursue that. I yeah. think that's one of the ways to lead a really beautiful and happy life. I mean, like, I, I don't think, you know, I think if somebody is expressing that they're not interested. You I need to back away. You need to, yeah, I mean, I just don't. We're I don't straining order. Do, yeah. Um, do you, so, okay. Oh, I just had a good one. I forgot it. Oh, yeah. When you were dating your fiance, like, when you, before Dame, when you were like, I want to start a vibrator company, was he like, yeah, same? Or was he like, no, bad luck, please disassociate? Or was he like, yeah, I'm, whatever you he want? He was probably like that, that last one. He was like, yeah, you know, that sounds like it might be a hard thing to do. Like, right. he's, very pra he's very practical and reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, but he was like, you should do it and help me like think about the steps. And it was really encouraging. And I had a job when I first started. Um, which I got fired from, which was also like a really amazing experience. Everyone gets fired. Yeah, but you don't know that. You know, I was because they lie. Because you guys are all lying. Everybody's lying. I do. I feel like you know yeah. it's really important. And everyone gets dumped, and everyone fails the the first driving test. <laughs> you cheated. Well, either way, I did. Um, he was mostly encouraging, but then when I when I got fired. Um, they said I was like a know-it-all, and I was like, but what if, you know, like what if I do know it all, like, right. maybe you should listen to me, Right. like how I felt, anyway, so they fired me, yeah. um, they're and lost, they, yeah, they're lost. Um, yeah, I think so, but actually, my gain, too, like, I don't know if I would have taken the leap to really start the company right. if that hadn't happened, right. and I also learned so much there, and I also have, like, the going starting my own company I'm so much more aware of like the challenges of the CEO at that company too right. and some of the things that maybe I could have done differently right. um, but anyway when I got fired when I was unemployed that's kind of where I realized my mom was like oh that's and I was like I'm gonna do the side hustle thing full-time for a little bit she was like but the resumes are going out right like you know she was very and yeah. I think my, my fiance was like, you should you know, do a little bit of both. And like, are you really making progress? And was trying to help, help me stay accountable. So right. I think that's what's really hard in the beginning. Um, and he was really, she was really supportive. I would say, yeah, he was really supportive. But like, really nice. it, it's also, it's challenging though, because I also remember not feeling that supported at the, t people are supportive, but mm -hmm. ultimately, like you have to make it happen, right? And I, I mean, like I remember the day the Indiegogo campaign went out and like, or started to like really take off, and feeling like I went from like, you know, in my mom's eyes, like being unemployed to like right. being her most successful child, right? In a matter of minutes, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh, Jewish moms, yeah, yeah, she's special. Um, <laughs> but that, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel you. Do you think, like, would you date someone who's never been dumped ever in their life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Why? Well, I guess I'm just like not, I don't have a lot of really hard rules. So like, yeah, I right. would date somebody if that person thought that they never did anything wrong. That's ever. kind of my like point. Like this is someone who like thinks they're perfect. Thinks like therapy is for people with really big problems. Sounds like that person has what they call is like ego. And I hear that therapy can be really good for that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's really challenging. I don't think right. that that sounds like a particularly compassionate person. That sounds like somebody who has a I'm better than right. kind of. And I, I mean, I think I naturally have a little bit of that. Right. And it's something like I try to be. It's not. Yeah. No one's right. What do you think about therapy and like relationships? And is it like, are you failing if you're in couples therapy? No. Are you succeeding, thriving? I mean, again, like, you know, it, for a lot of people, they go to therapy a little too late, I think is usually the biggest couples therapy issue is people have already made a decision by the time they get to therapy. And in that case, like, you know, maybe you guys are on the outs. Right. Um, but I think couples therapy can be a really productive tool. Yeah. And I also think that getting a divorce, like we shouldn't consider that a failure. Right. Like for, you know, if that is how you're, you know, like I'm getting married and you know how they get you on everything is they're like, you're only gonna get this, you're only gonna get one wedding dress. You know? And every time I'm like, I plan on doing this three more times. <laughs> <laughs> every time these salespeople look at me like I'm like, worst person in the world. Um, but I don't know why, you know, um, I don't know. What was I saying? Yeah. No, I mean, I love, I love everything you said. Please don't change it. Um, what are three things that you wish you knew or told yourself or like had someone to guide you about when you were 22? Like you're an implant, you just moved into the city. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been to, even more than I was listening to myself and letting myself be my own like inner teacher, mm-hmm. um, like to, to do that even more. Right. Like I, I thought that I could do all of these things, and then kind of gave myself like, like my you know my like probably my mom a little bit you know being realistic right. and trying to like you know actually get a job and make money and think about these things like realistically. But I think I was at a time where I should have like gone for it, right. like. You know, and it's, I want to do so much more, and I'm, I'm sometimes upset that I do feel like I maybe like wasted time because I was going to school to check boxes instead of just like trying to like follow my passions and right. follow my heart. I love that. Do you think um, that there's any age that's considered robbing the cradle? How, f- how far apart are you and your husband and your fiance? There's a few, like a happier. Okay. Um, like plus or minus six years, more than that. I have a friend who's married to a guy that's 15 years her senior. Okay. I mean, I don't think, I, I actually, I had dinner once with this woman who married somebody I think that was 20 years her senior. And she and I started talking about it and she was a really like beautiful and honest person. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, I will say it's really hard now. You know, like she was like 60 and he was 80 or something like that like the age difference as you get older right. becomes can be a lot more challenging yeah. and there are definitely like you know ages and everything but it does determine like your life spit like right. you can determine those things and, and 
I don't know. It's tough having like a seven-year-old pick up your son from kindergarten. Yes, but and it's also it's hard if you're still living your life and you can engage in life in one way, you know, because you know, even just I think another thing I probably would have told my 22-year self is like is how much I I am gonna change. You know, I actually I think I changed a lot more in my 20s than any other year of my life. Yeah. Um, and like I, I, I'm not as meaning funny. every year in your twenties you change more than the than the previous. Yeah, I don't know. Like because I honestly agree. Like most. anyone that's twenty, I feel like every year in your twenties is so different than the next year. Yeah, I guess know? a little bit of that. I yeah. definitely feel like you know, you know, I had that first experience where you know I went into the doctor. I was like, you know, my knee's really bothering me, and they were like, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> we're doing that. She was like, go to right. yoga. I was like, I'm doing that. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I'm not as horny as I used to be. Oh. That's sad to look forward to. That's that apparently, yeah. you know, like, I, yeah. Just cha- so, yeah. so things have changed. Right. And I think they will continue to change. Right. And I imagine if I was dating somebody that was 20 years older or that when I become a certain age, like, you know, I, I love skiing. I'm gonna probably not wanna, I'm gonna wanna ski differently as I get older. Right, like on only the greens. At now. some point, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. I get it. So you told me that you're the oldest sibling. Yeah. How many sibs? I have two little bros. Cool, the love coolest. it. Um, do you talk to them about sex? All of that, every day. Oh, really? How old are they? So, my I, I'm 30, so Zach is 27, and Mikey is 24. Cute. And you talk to them about sex? So We talk about sex. Do you, you don't think it's like kind of disturbing to picture them having sex? No. I think it would be disturbing to have sex with them. <laughs> I hope so. But like, the fa- I know that they're sexual beings, yeah. and and I think especially, you know, I think for my brothers, I think I am their best resource for understanding how maybe they are making women feel. You know, we've had a lot of conversations since Me Too with them, and I think for them, like it's, for both of us, it's really good to have those conversations. Right. Um, you know, depending on which brother it is, we'll maybe talk about different things, and it's not always like the details. Right. But I do remember when I was like 14 or 15, I explained to everybody at the table like the whole flow and how tampons work and like, you know, and I remember how my dad like just got up and left the, the table. <laughs> uh, but my brothers were like, okay, like information. So um, cute. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Your brothers we did, sound we great. Were, we were in Columbia. It was with my, um, we were visiting my youngest brother and I was backpacking with my my fiance and my brother and um, and we were on a beach. We were just like in hammocks or whatever. And there was a nude beach, like a beach over. And I really wanted to go. And my brother was like, "No, right. we're not going to a nude beach together." And I was like, <laughs> "Why not?" <laughs> and it turns out, like most people seem to agree with him. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I think it's really, no, no, you say probably, but in a, it's very American. 
skin, like in your, yeah. like it's just a body. And like, what are we so concerned we're going to be sexually attracted to each other? Is that like, no, God forbid. Why wouldn't you, like, it's what? just like, uh, it's, it's awkward that if I look down, I'll see my brother's penis. But you, you know? know, like, he's got a penis, right? Like, yeah, but I don't need to see it. You don't need to see it, but like, if. Why dictate certain things? Like, why? I don't know. I, I totally get what you mean, but it's like even a cousin. Like, I had a friend who, like, was sleeping with my cousin for a second, and she, like, gave me one detail about his stuff, and I'll never forget it to say. And now every Passover, I'm like, well, now I know no. the details of your penis. Wait, so do you have siblings? I do. I have an older sister. She's right behind you. So, <laughs> so did She's you... She's right. But did you not... Did you... I know. I saw her naked when she's the same sex. No, but my, okay. So my brothers, like, I went to a sleepaway camp, right? and my brothers definitely, whether they wanted to learn about my sex life or you know, they were learning about it because boys at are, camp told can be them. a little cruel in that way, oh, or sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I think you know they were aware that like I was dating guys and right. the guys thought I was hot right. and like you know had to be like oh yeah your sister's so hot kind of right. shit like that right, right, right. I was they, they were that's exciting I was hot then yeah I was uh, I was a late bloomer but yeah. I'm excited for you <laughs> um that's that's fun really um do you, let's talk about something that is not so hot um Anxiety. You're a CEO of an amazing company, um, or founder, whatever you are. Yeah. Yeah. And and you have a lot to be thinking about on a day-to-day basis between your fiance, your company, your crazy Jewish mom. How do you like navigate through anxiety? So one, I will say, I, I like to tell people that the worst thing you can do for your sex for your sex life is to like start a sex toy company. It will not be good. I mean like having, you know, sex is a place we go and it's not necessarily an act we do, then it is about finding that mental space to get there. Right. Um, and as I have more and more things on my to-do list, you know, it's sometimes harder to like to clear my mind and be present with my partner. Right. Um, but sex is one really great way of Managing my anxiety. Right. I meditate like about once a week too. Mm-hmm. I'm not that great at it. Uh, okay. It's like really hard to find time it's to hard. do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those are kind of the ways I do it. I try mm-hmm. to. I think the most important thing was staying. I'm generally a low anxiety person. Right. Um, and I think the best thing is to make sure you're putting the the correct locus, like, there's certain things you can control, and there's certain things you cannot control. And understanding which one's which, and responding appropriately is the most important thing. If you cannot control something, like, worrying about it is just gonna give you so much anxiety, and pretending like you're not in control of things that you are in control of, like your emotions, um, I think is another way that you can it's like a lot of anxiety, so I don't know. It's self-help books. I don't yeah. meditate. One step at a time. One step at a time. Yeah. So what is a quote that you've learned or just like a phrase that you live by with dating? 
An example of one is like when someone shows you who they are, pay attention the first time type of thing. Um, if there's something that you've kind of picked up along the way that you can share with all of us, um, what's something that you've learned? I, mean, I think something I've learned is that love is, is work. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's not all roses and it just, it does take effort sometimes to be in a committed relationship and you have to learn how to apologize and all of that. And then I guess as far as like dating goes, mm -hmm. so trust your gut, be willing to like experiment with your boundaries, but then when you know them, set them. Right. And then like another thing that, you know, like if you don't know what to do, like you can ask yourself like, what would love do? Yeah. And then like do that. That's really cute. I, <laughs> I did not invent that. I'm pretty like, yeah, like, how should I feel? How would love feel? And like, you can do that for like That's all sweet. those things. Yeah. It is. I mean, like, I think, like, I know one of these questions was like, lust or love, and it is. Yeah, love. yeah. Like, we didn't really talk about that. What's the difference? I mean, like, Last I thought. think lust is like a fleeting, you know, visceral thing, and like, love is. Like, lust has no like bad badness because it's all good whereas like a relationship kind of has both no i don't know not badness but like hardship well yeah lust is can be fleeting right but if you lust over something that you cannot have that can be a negative experience that you can't sure. get um i mean lusting is is fun or can be but like ultimately i think love is like why we exist and yeah it is energy Love it. Cool. Well, thank you so much.